You ready to talk about how uh, Lucius Malfoy is a direct ripoff of Warlock? Hmm? Are you ready to talk about that? Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, All About Horror Movies. Let's scare my girlfriend to death. I'm Cindy. With me as always is... Josh! Yay! Hey. We take a look at some of uh, history's favorite horror movies and talk about them from a veteran viewer and a virgin viewer. What? And, uh, <laughs> and I am scared shitless in the process. <laughs> Yay! Uh, I don't know if today will do it, but <laughs> so, I think you're going to enjoy the shit out of today, though. We have a monthly theme, and this month's theme is... Witches? Witchcraft? So far, there may be an additional twist. Uh-oh. Let's see if y'all can we figure it out. We watched Dead and Buried yes, yeah, yesterday, last week, uh, which was good. It only had a touch of the black magic, the dark arts. The dark arts. It had a lot of uh, That's Grandpa the, Joe. That'd be a cool fucking name big for a ass band. Glasses. I want a band called the Dark Arts. All right. It probably is a band called the Dark Arts. <laughs> uh, what, but today um, is yeah. Warlock. Warlock. A direct... I don't know if it was direct. A VHS staple. Like a movie that, like I said last week, I would walk around the horror section of Video View and I would always see that cover. And I remember being like, what the fuck is that movie? And I finally watched it and it was ridiculous fun. and Worth the wait? I think one scene aside, you're going to absolutely love this movie. Okay, I'm nervous about that one scene aside, but continue. <laughs> no. So this movie was released January eleventh, nineteen ninety one. Okay. okay, I was eleven. Yeah, I was. What? Eight, <laughs> technically. Okay. So it turned nine that summer. Okay. So there you go. I did math in my head, and it. Took I'm a proud pause. of you. Yeah. 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 Um, so, what were you doing in nineteen ninety one? I was being eleven. So what's that? Sixth grade. Uh, you, I was yeah. I would be in sixth grade, right? Were you amped up for Terminator Two? No, like I was. Uh, where I went to school, K through six was elementary, and then seven through twelve was high school. So I was amped up for my sixth grade graduation. Uh, I was amped up that my dad took me to see Terminator Two in nineteen ninety. Such a good dad. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I did really good in school, so I could go see Terminator 2. That's all you ever and, wanted, And guys. lived up to it. I fucking love Terminator 2. Um, he does. It's yeah. true. Let's just not talk about anything except Terminator 2. Different podcasts, honey. Different podcasts. Well, we did an episode for Terminator 2. No, we did. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, so, the world in 1991. What was happening? So, the first anti-stalking law... Went into effect in California. The first in the entire country. After uh, the murder of that girl from my sister, Sam. 1991. Yeah. It's one of those things I just remember so much. my sister, Sam. It was a TV show that was slated. It was like the primetime show. Is this about to be, are we about to think about the same person, but from different angles? Possibly. And um, it was about like corporate lawyer sister and her quirky sister who lives with her. And after three episodes, the quirky sister was killed by a crazy fan. Who was the quirky sister? I will look it up while you tell me. If I say the name, 
Would you know it? If I, I said Dominique Dunn? I will look. Hang on. My so sister. while you're looking it up, I'm just going to say that I think a lot of it came from the spotlight of Dominique Dunn is Griffin Dunn from American Wire from London's sister. And she was the oldest daughter in the first Poltergeist movie. And the reason why she's away at college in the second film is she was murdered by her boyfriend not long after the first Poltergeist film came out. So I think that really put it in the zeitgeist. Again, that Poltergeist came out the year I was born. It's Rebecca Schaefer. So uh, different people, but that would have been crazy if we're both talking about Dominique Dunn. That would have been crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was... uh, R.I.P. Dominique Dunn. Yeah. And Rebecca Schaefer. I'm not sure who that is, but R.I.P. to you too. You did too young. That shit doesn't deserve to happen to anyone. Um, Yeah. Speaking of shit that doesn't deserve to happen to anyone, 1991 was also the year of Operation Desert Storm. (sighs) Yes. Terrific. (laughs) And Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, that's my favorite. That was 1991. Jeffrey Dahmer was arrested in 1991. Yikes. Spoiler alert. This, we are... We're not. We're the podcast that's not afraid to say Jeffrey Dahmer, not a good dude. Not a good dude. We take a hard not stance a good dude. on such. Not ways. a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> um, that was also the year that Nevermind, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, and Bad Motor Finger by Soundgarden came out on the same day. Wow. The same day. The music starts happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, I. Depeche Mode would agree. Well, I, I understand, but I mean, the 90s music, <laughs> I guess I should say, starts uh, happening. And the Cold War came to a close as the Soviet Union dissolved uh, that December. Yay! Yay! Uh, people that were born that year, I just threw out two. Lakeith Stanfield. Oh, Lakeith Stanfield, I love you so much. Um, <laughs> okay. You do too. He's in Knives Out. He's the cop in Knives Out. Oh, okay. Uh, and then yeah, he is pretty awesome. Shailene Woodley, who is engaged to Aaron Rodgers and... I don't know why I find that so weird, but I find that weird. Okay. Uh, people that died that year, David Lean, you know, uh, big time important director, the Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, okay. Michael Landon. Oh, that was hard on my family. Lee Remick, the okay. mom from The Omen, oh, amongst yeah. other things, but, but yeah. specifically with this podcast, the mom yeah. from The Omen. We saw that. Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Miles Davis. Mm. Red Fox. Mm. Freddie Mercury. Don't talk about it. So those. Oh, then this is the year I discovered Queen. The, the those are the people that, that lost powerful. in 1991. Uh, so that's the that's the year I discovered Queen. I discovered Queen at the end of 1990, and was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like it was like a tape. My sister had such a music collection; it was insane. She had hundreds of cassette tapes, and somehow I got my hands on. I think it was classic Queen, either the red. I think it was the blue album. Uh, cassette tape and I just oh I played the shit out of that I became obsessed and then he died and it was like what I just found out (laughs) I just got to this party and now it's over honestly my discovery of Terry Pratchett falls in the same way like I read these books and I'm like oh my god oh and he's dead great (laughs) like terrific I think I speak on behalf of all the listening audience where we say Cindy stop liking things that we all like I know I'm sorry so (laughs) Okay, so... Um, all right, Warlock is Warlock. rated R. Hard R. It is one hour and 43 minutes. Mm, past my 90-minute mark, I'll... Uh, it'll fly by. This okay. movie feels, in my recollection, shorter than Dead and Buried. All right, let's see. I went um, Dead and Buried. It wasn't too bad. So this movie's directed by someone I'm surprised has not come up yet. Who's so that? this movie's directed by Steve Miner. 
Okay. Yeah. I love horror movie directors with last names of working class jobs. Like Carpenter and Miner. Uh, (laughs) And Lynch? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) The Hangman, I guess. Uh, So Steve Miner directed Friday the 13th Part 2 and 3. And I will go on record right now as saying it's not my favorite, Mm -hmm. but Friday the 13th Part 2 is the scariest Friday movie, I think. Uh, he directed House, which is a huge, not the TV show, the movie. Right. A massive part of my childhood growing up. It's yep. one of my mom's all-time favorite movies. I've seen that movie There's a million times. Thing. I fucking love House. Yeah. Um, he did Halloween H2O, like Placid. Steve Miner, a lot of, he did a lot of TV. A lot of like, I think he did like a lot of Felicities and shit like that. Like, Steve Miner's yeah. been working forever. Okay. Um, very good director. And Warlock is so much fun. Uh, this movie is written by David Tui. I like that last name. Yeah, you're gonna like the fact that he wrote Critters Two, the best Critters movie. Fight me, motherfuckers! I've never seen it. Uh, the Fugitive, we will eventually. Mm-hmm. Waterworld, GI Jane, and he wrote and directed Pitch Black and all of its sequels. And I like them all. And again, fight me. They're not my favorite. Those are my favorite Vin Diesel. Those are my favorite Vin Diesel movies. Not mine. So there you go. Uh, lastly, I just want to give a shout out to the composer. It's Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith. Who's that? He did a million movies. He scored a million movies. Uh, I just threw out a couple. The soundtracks that play in my mind over and over again, thanks to Jerry Goldsmith, are Chinatown, The Omen, Magic. Remember Magic? Yep. Uh, Alien, Poltergeist, and First Blood. So that's, okay, that's a lot. Jerry Goldsmith. Fucking legend. Any cameos, or is it just Jerry Goldsmith would be the one that to no, just we'd hear enjoy of. listening gotcha. to the soundtrack in this movie. Uh, now the cast. Here we go. I love, the, I love this cast. So the lead, the warlock in question, is Julian Sands, the titular warlock, who I just like to hear talk. There's something about his voice where I'm just like, just read me things. That's how I am. I, there's a comedian, Bridger Weiniger. Who's had just has a voice, and I'm like, oh, I could just listen to this forever. Mm-hmm. I, yep. Okay, I don't care what you're saying. Julian Sands has one of those voices for me. He was in the movie Gothic, which you would fucking love, that we'll probably watch at some point. Okay. Arachnophobia, nope. Naked Lunch, Boxing Helena. Like, Julian Sands, I enjoy you. Leaving, He's also in Leaving Las Vegas. So, yeah. Uh, Lori Singer's in this. She plays Cassandra. You know her from Footloose. Okay. And Shortcuts, the Robert Altman movie. That's really good. That doesn't get enough attention. Okay, cool. And playing the foil um, to go along with our heroine, which is Lori Singer, is Richard E. Grant, who plays a character named Redfern. Redfern. Yeah. Okay. He is in one of the greatest comedies ever made with Noel and I. <laughs> What's it called? With Noel and I. With Noel and I. With Noel. Okay. Um, it's so fucking good. And Gosford Park, he was, for the kids out there, he was, if you watch the Loki TV show, he was the old Loki. Like, that wore the original, like, 60s Loki oh, costume. okay. That's, that's the co-hero of our story. Co-hero. Co-protagonist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then the, yeah, this movie's weird because... The lead essentially is the villain, and we're <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, and then lastly, I'm just going to throw out Mary Warrenov. She plays the Chandler. Um, she was a Knight of the Comet, Death Race 2000, 
which I is a insane Stallone, pretty famous movie. Okay. And Eating Raul, which is a comedy about eating people. Okay. And I fucking love it. Uh, Mary Warnoff, a fucking G. So, all right. So, uh, this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me an original poster of the film. You've already texted it to me, my dear. Yeah. We sit now. We sit and, uh, far away from each other. So I can't I'm supposed to discern meaning from it. So, we've got what looks like a slender Steven Seagal from 1991, honestly. So much better than Steven Seagal. Doing, uh, he's barefoot. He's doing some steeple fingers. <laughs> and his elongated shadow is uh, a devil. Warlock. Satan. Also has a has one son one son sorry that's your infinite daughters he's come from the past to destroy the future so i'm going to say that this is about the son of satan who has come from the past to destroy the future i mean okay yeah he and i'm going to say that's a pretty safe bet i'm getting a feel that that there are mirrors involved okay we'll see i will say I don't know why mirrors are involved. That's I feel like that's a I very get the devil, image. Some devil yeah, shit. Yeah, right some devil shit. Uh, I don't look at mirrors often. I know what I look like. Yeah, there's a gigantic mirror hanging in your hallway. Like the bigger than my whole body. And I know how to get around it at night so I don't accidentally look in it and see the killer behind me. Next. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to throw this bit of trivia out to you before we go. Yeah, hit me so up. So the film was originally completed in late 1988. Mm-hmm. It was one of the last films completed by New World Pictures, which was owned by Roger Corman, when they filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The film's trailer was actually shown before early 1989 theatrical releases. Oh. Instead of going direct to video, Warlock was picked up and released in theaters by Trimark Pictures in 1991. Its box office success led to a sequel. Uh, and that, I believe, it was also theatrical. And then another sequel, which went straight um, to VHS. We'll but, not be watching either sequel. Oh, okay. I'm just letting you know that this movie got made in 1988 and then it sat... For three for years. Essentially two and a half, three years. Uh, before Trimark bought it. And they're like, let's fucking put it out. Okay. And then it was a hit. <laughs> I just like the fact that, like, it was still a hit. Uh, and lastly, originally, Julian Sands was going to be cast as Redfern and Richard E. Grant for the Warlock. Because they were like, that makes sense. But they cast them against type. So Steve Miner opted to cast each of the characters against their type by reversing their roles. So... Richard E. Grant, who always plays, like, kind of a dick mm-hmm. and a douche and evil, yeah. plays the hero. Oh, so this And then is... Julian Sands, who's, okay. like, normally very, like, affable and smooth and fun, is the bad guy. Oh, <laughs> and, so, I, all right. And, and I really enjoy it. So, just as you watch that, keep in mind that, like, they intentionally cast them against type. Okay. Well, Cool. All right, so where can we find this movie? Obviously, we probably have a 4K resolution DVD. I think it's on Prime. Okay. Uh, I know that Usually Vestron... These, these age movies are. Yeah, Vestron Video did a Blu-ray release that I think has all the sequels with it. Of course it does. Uh, I have that. Um, we'll be watching that. Okay. But I, I want to say I saw it on Prime, I believe. Okay, cool. All right, well then, uh, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. time of fear and suspicion. You choose to admit your crimes before man and God? His 
was coming was foretold. Now, he is here. You know the signs. You are bewitched. He has the face of an angel. Channel me a spirit. The charm of the devil. Hear me when I say he's evil. Evil absolute. And the powers of a god. <laughs> Satan also has one son. Were you the first to have lain eyes upon the new Messiah? Now, an enemy from his past. Who appointed you executioner? And a girl from the present. Do you know what he's capable of? Next time he's gonna kill me. I'll not let him harm you are the only hope for the future. This is the terrifying adventure that could set the world on fire. Warlock. Welcome back. We watched Warlock. The uh, <laughs> that was a roller coaster of a movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was just enough camp to be really entertaining. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I got. I have to put it out there. It is known that the man who played Lucius Malfoy in the Harry Potter books was like, I know exactly what I want him to look like: long blonde hair. Da da da. It's this guy. It's Warlock. It's Julian Sands' Warlock? Julian Sands' Warlock, yes. Julian Sands sounds a lot like Julian Assange. I, think, uh, I know that's not right, but... Secrets? Secrets? I've never watched a Harry Potter movie all the way through. Wow. I watched... Would you like me to show you his picture? I've, sh- I've shown it to you. I've seen the picture. Uh, I've seen half of the Then you know I'm correct. One? Is that... Well, is it the Chamber of Secrets? Yeah, is that, I think so. Said. What, what I would find out was essentially alcohol poisoning in the Caribbean, <laughs> and I couldn't force myself to get up to find the remote to change it. Wow. So I watched, like, the last 20 or 30 minutes of Chamber of Secrets on, like, HBO in my hotel. Wow. So that's my only brush with Harry Potter. Yeah, yay. Anyway, Warlock. <laughs> I really liked this movie. I do, too. <laughs> it's all the fun. <laughs> it was, it was a little gritty at times. There was definite some gross outs. Uh, at one point, he has. To, wait, wait, wait. Let's 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 keep to our format. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, what is this movie about? This movie is about a warlock who makes a pact with the devil to escape his death in the 1600s and finds himself in 1980s California, where he. And his witch hunter who followed him uh, 
hijinks across the country as they find the pieces of the grand grimoire together. Yeah, the the book, Satan's Spellbook. That's what they kept calling it. And if you bring them all together, it's indestructible. If you bring it all together, it gives you the name of God. That if said backwards. Yeah, it undoes creation. Yeah. Like, God's name was used to create everything. So if you say it backwards, it'll undo it. Undo it. And there you go. So, uh, these are some pretty fucking high stakes for a horror movie, right? (laughs) But it, it didn't seem that way. Nobody seemed like they were in too much of a hurry. Yeah, like, normally it's, oh, I want to survive this night. Or, oh, I want to go camping and no, I'll this murdered. was This is, we have to stop this guy from undoing all of creation. All of creation, and we have to do it going from Los Angeles to uh, Boston. Yeah, which is gross. Mm-hmm. Boston gross. Yeah. Uh, so IMDb has the synopsis as a warlock flees from the 17th to the 20th century with a witch hunter in hot pursuit. I got um, that part right. What? So here's the deal. Uh, Julian Sands' Warlock is incredible. Like, he's, in my opinion, the best thing about this movie. Yes. The second best thing, they really key in on Richard E. Grant's Red Fern, the witch hunter. Yeah. Who looked like a skinny, B-list Nicolas Cage. But for my money, give me that Cassandra with a K. Cassandra with a K. She was our unwilling heroine. She did not want to be there. She was definitely the voice of the... um, of like the the audience of just like nope I'm out of here bye and having to be forced to participate like there are many times she tries to peace out and they will not let her. Do you know what my favorite moment in this whole rewatch was? What? Uh, so they spend the whole movie like they go through the thing of the warlock meets Cassandra. He casts a spell on her to make her old. She she, has to, she ages twenty years a day. Yeah, she has to get with Red Fern. That's the, to, war, that's the witch they hunter. They get the uh, bracelet back to undo the spell, but also, like, catch him to stop him from undoing everything. Right. But at the end of the movie, they've gone from being this weird, like, we need each other. To, to in love. We kind of love each other. Yeah. And <laughs> Julian Sands' warlock grabs her, and he's like, do you care for this woman? And he jerks her up, and she makes this face <laughs> where her head's like, <laughs> she's like, it, It's almost... She's not acting. I think she wasn't expecting that, and she was like, and "That's the take they went with because it was so natural." Uh, I love it. Oh, it was funny as hell. <clears throat> I'm picturing it again. Okay, I feel like, I don't know. Like as much as I enjoy Redfern, yeah, and I do like Richie Grant. That's uh, the one, that's the man who plays Redfern. Yeah, Cassandra's a better character. She's a she's more fun. She has this hinted at kind of odd backstory. And she wears those mini skirts. She wears a mini skirt and like white Timberland boots the whole time. Fair. She kicks ass. Fair. And her hair uh, is. Cindy, would you like to talk for a second about her hair? Her hair. She as she ages, her hair gets longer and grayer, but her bangs remain the same. And then when she gets her bracelet back and is transformed back into her youth, she has a short little red hair. Like she has the haircut from the beginning. But she went back to. It was very funny. I told you the part of the movie that makes the least amount of sense to me. What's that? Is the, the back, one part. They go back in time in Boston to Los Angeles. Like, it would make more sense if they had gone back in time. To, or go forward in time to Boston. Like, where they well, are. Well, I think. Forward in time. I, I think what they were doing. What they were doing. 
I think uh, the demon placed him in the last place that the grimoire, the grand grimoire was, which was in that dude's cabinet. But hear, hear me out. I'm hearing. I'm listening. Would it not have made more sense for him to go forward in time to Boston where a piece of the grand grimoire was and, and then they could use the, the notes from the church to track down where the other pieces went? Well, that's what made it so interesting was that that's how you'd think it would go, but it wasn't. <laughs> like, it was totally watching, backwards. Watching it this time, I still enjoyed the shit out of it. Don't get me wrong. I like Warlock. But I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it seems like the only reason that it went from Boston to Los Angeles and back to Boston was so they could do the reveal of, it's Redfern's grave. It's Redfern's grave. But you could have done that earlier in the movie. You totally could have done that with, like, they go there. It's in the first piece. The warlock gets is from his grave, and then that is kind of what brings them together. Right. I don't... Yeah. It is what it is. It's just a weird, like, <laughs> logic doesn't make any sense. <laughs> One thing. Okay, so let's archive this. Okay, so if we go by Samuel Z. Arkov's method for finding an exploitation movie based on his name, the A stands for action. Was there action in this film? Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's sometimes weird. And sometimes running after a slow-moving train, but it's there. Yeah, or the flying bits, which yeah. that could segue us right into killing. Oh my gosh, he flies. So, it's like a, he has a jetpack on. Like, uh, the warlock can fly if he cooks and eats the Oh, this is what we were talking about at the start. Of an unborn, or of, no, 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 an, born, unbaptized. an unbaptized male child. Right. So he meets this kid and he's like, they're, do you go to church? And the kid's like, no, my dad won't let me. He doesn't believe in it. And he's like, oh, we'll become friends now. It was very he eats that pedantic. It was it was pedantic. Like, yeah, not so good. So that segues us into killing. <laughs> By the way, that scene, which happens off screen, yeah. I'm just going to point out, they had originally planned to shoot that. Yeah, that's a little much. And then they did not. That would so, have been a little much. If you're the person you're like, oh, man, I really was hoping there was a scene in this movie where a man tortured and murdered a child. That's Sorry you missed it. Watch Doctor Sleep. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Don't <laughs> watch him. There's, him, don't there's watch a really long scene of torturing and murdering a child in Doctor Sleep. Yeah. So basically he has to... Yeah. he. It's very creepy. And it's effective, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, let's backtrack to Revolutionary. I I would say for the time period this came out in, where yes. it's, all, it's slasher central, everything slashers. Mm-hmm. I guess a little, but I ultimately know this movie's kind of like a amalgamation of a lot of earlier films okay so let's see killing oratory yeah oratory amish mennonite hello then like what how would he have known what okay he sorry. wouldn't have known what amish people were let alone yeah mennonites, mennonites were, were but uh, whatever yeah i guess it, it sounds old time it'll go together but everything and richard e. grant's like a really fun actor but everything that leaves Julian Sands' mouth is just fucking money. It's camp. Like, yeah. When he casts that spell of Cassandra. <laughs> Cassandra the K. Yeah. He, <laughs> oh my God. I love it. So uh, is there killing? They're really, we already oh, kind yeah, of did yeah. this. But so, yeah. Fantasy and fornication? Fantasy and fornication. A uh, lot of titties. A lot of, lot of girls' boobs. Uh, that's about it. There's definitely a lot of fantasy. Yeah. He literally I mean, eats, for much fornication goes. eats yeah. babies, Ugh. or eats a little boy's fat, and then flies. And he flies like he's about to pass. 
Like it's a weird half sitting position. Yes, it's very like it's like a jetpack. Yeah, I, I did like this movie. It so, was fun. Let's talk about that real fast before we go. What the so, fat okay. of the baby? Yeah. yeah, let's talk about that specifically. Ugh, it so, was super gross. So in 1995 in Saskatchewan, a teenager, Sandy Charles. And an unnamed eight-year-old accomplice murdered a seven-year-old boy. Oh my God! Took strips of flesh from his body, boiled it and drank it in hopes that, as in the film, give them the ability to fly. Oh my God! Yeah, Charles was found not guilty by reason of insanity, but was sentenced to stay at the High Security Regional Psychiatric Center in Saskatoon, where he has primarily resided since shortly after the murder occurred. He was eight and twelve, like eight and twelve. Think about that. Holy hell! So. Um, we had mentioned this previously kind of off mic, but I just wanted to say it again. Yeah. Because I just want everyone to know where I stand on this. I think that blaming video games and movies and whatnot is a very easy way to score points. And I do think there is sometimes where you can't take things too far and you need to like monitor what kids are watching and whatnot. Mm, do you want to know? Well, I mean, yeah, you do. That's a parent's job, right? Uh, that's not the job of the filmmaker, one. And two... And I think you might, you agree with me on this. It's because the actual issue, which is addressing mental health needs, yeah, and the stigma against mental health, is so ingrained. Why did an eight-year-old see this movie? Why well, did a twelve-year-old see this not movie? Only that, like, you don't see this in a vacuum and go, "Oh, yeah," like I'm going to do this. Like, clearly, there was there was something else problems. there. Yeah, uh, I don't understand the violence in video games thing because until you know, very recently. So within the last hundred years, yeah, if you were a 14-year-old boy, you had, you know, were at war. You had seen, does that, you know what I mean? Like a lot of young kids at that age and young men were, saw shit they shouldn't have seen or, or you know, ideally. So it, it it's not something, it, it's, it's, it's a mental illness. It's more uh, nature than nurture in this case. I agree. And I think the conversation that needs to be had is one that fundamentally attacks our view of society. Yeah. Like, people are like, they, no one ever wants to talk about, like, it's everyone's fault for not being open and talking about this stuff and making this, like, a priority. Yeah. But it's easier to go, it's video games. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we could play video games, like, it's a piece of shit, or whatever. It, that's not true. Yeah. So, yeah. And rather than take some accountability for how uh, our society treats people with that are a little, you know, need extra help or need medication to not feel awful. Yeah. Um, be, just be kind to people. And if they have mental or emotional struggles, just understand that and understand that medication helps regulate that. It's right. not a weird weakness. Like, don't be a dickhead. Um, that being said. Okay. That being said. Uh, I'm just going to cover a couple things before we go. So the screenwriter David Tui originally wanted the warlock to be a good guy. Oh, uh, how? So originally he was going to be a good-natured guy who fled the 17th century guy. to avoid religious persecution, only to find himself similarly persecuted in the 20th century. And he's like, it didn't work. I couldn't make it work. So originally, <laughs> Red Fern was the bad guy. Right. Who was chasing this guy who was like, I don't believe what the pilgrims believe. Because, spoiler alert, the pilgrims fucking suck. Yeah, the pilgrims um, are not good people. And he chased him into the future because he didn't believe pilgrim doctrine <laughs> and was going to murder him for it. 
So but there you go. it didn't turn out that way. They were like, he's like, this movie doesn't work. I can't get it to work. As much as I want it to be this, it doesn't work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they also, they had to cut Giggling. the whole satanic messiah thing. At, from It was originally in the trailer and they cut it from the movie because test screenings, this was the 80s, satanic panic. People were yeah. like, maybe not have the devil be like his dad. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just kind of mentioned one time and then. Yeah. Dropped very quickly. And then Mary Warnoff, the channeler, the lady that has like the crystals. Yes. Her death was originally super violent. Uh, it involved a topless Mary Warnoff being frozen after the devil's eyeballs emerged from her breasts. Ugh. And Ugh. the warlock then stomps her to pieces to free them. After the wrap up, the scene was redone. And, um, they kind of just were like, this is a Wow. Crazy. That's crazy. So... Violent society, we man. We almost had eyeball boobies in this movie. Foul. No. Gross. We were eyeball boobies. Blech. So, no. Uh, have you caught on to the theme for the month? Yes. So, at first I thought, oh, we're going with the witches theme. But I do believe we're talking about male witches or, or male witchcraft. Yeah. In uh, in this month, am I correct? Am I right? We are. So, uh, dead and buried was old school, like weird <laughs> dead and buried guy magic, and featured Grandpa Joe as the warlock uh, in question. There, using dark magic, and this time, <laughs> Grandpa Joe. He learned it from Warlock. He learned that's true. Uh, and then, and then, Warlock is yep. Julian Sands is the son of the devil. He's got magical powers, and he shoots rotoscope magic at people, Pew! and he flies like it's this orange, Pew! and he. Pounce flies? <laughs> he pounce flies. Like he's a cat. Fuck this movie. It's so very fun. fun. It's the perfect level of camp to keep you interested. It's a great, like, have pizza and watch a movie movie. Maybe not the sequels as much, but... Um, oh, they're that bad? Uh, the second one's okay. It's kind of boring. The third okay. one's bad. Oh, boo. Uh, so, but then that leads us into next week's movie. Which is... Oh, I'm gonna... It's... So, Night of the Demon or... Curse of the Demon. I think we're going to call it Curse of the Demon just to make it not conflict with Night of the Demons, plural, that we watched. That was about the morgue. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll just call it Curse of the Demon. Curse of the Demon. Yeah. It's a whole thing we're going to do next week. But I'm okay. I fucking love this movie. I'm super excited to show it to you. All right. Well, uh, okay then. Until next week. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay.